everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala, and wow, 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 I know too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's just how it goes. That's the premise of the show. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host. She similarly knows a lot about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but it is uh. against her wishes because she's the voice of the people. She's the skeptic Three plus years in running, Kristen Studdard. Hi, hello. Welcome. Hi, Joe. Still here after all these years. Yeah, we've got we've got a potentially on our hands the the nerdiest rock hall insideriest episode ahead of us. So, how does that make you feel? I'm I, you know, like the once again the voice of the people. <laughs> You're at a loss. Yes. All right. Well, we'll see. Maybe maybe we can uh, rope you into getting into the. The real nitty gritty of it all. Um, <laughs> let's bring in our guests. Why don't we do that? Let's bring in a return guest who we always love talking to. Our man on the ground. He's got boots on the ground in Cleveland. Cleveland.com journalist, uh, culture writer for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, however you want to call it. Troy Smith, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. You know, I'm not on the ground. I, I'm a little blacklisted at the moment Ooh. by the Rock Roll Hall of Fame. So this is like my, uh, this is our breakup period. You know, we're on a separation yeah. for and now. And that's because you, you spoke honestly about the way you feel <laughs> and that's not allowed? You know, just like they may be going back on their word of having a ceremony in Cleveland every other year. You know, they want to add L.A. to the mix, which is fine. But, you know, they promised they were going to come to Cleveland. So I sort of scooped that story. They weren't really happy about it. So, you know, it takes about 15 emails to get a response at this point about anything. Damn, the access. It once was so uh, abundant so yet now so far. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for joining us, Troy. Let's bring in next two new friends, people who I've been in contact with for at, at least a, a few years now. They uh, they listen to our show. They have their own blogs uh, that, if not directly talk about the Rock Hall, often address the subject. And, you know, two guys who we got to meet at our live show in Cleveland. I'll start with a self-described uh, unemployed historian. Uh, his <laughs> blog is the Northumbrian Countdown, Mark Lemke. Hi, Mark. Hi, Joe, and hi, Kristen. It is uh, terrific to be here. Um, I, I've uh, always kind of uh, harbored a wish that I'd be on your show one day, so it's great to see that happen. It's happening, Making baby. dreams come true, <laughs> granting <laughs> wishes through the power of podcast. And if uh, if people follow Rock Hall stuff online, they might know Mark as Alex Voltaire. Exactly. The pseudonym. And then finally, we've got, like I said, someone else we met in Cleveland. Uh, he's got a blog called the Audiovisual Repository. Let's bring in Nick Bambach. Hi, Nick. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. I'm sorry. I think it said Bambach. Bambach. It's, Bam it's okay. Everyone gets it wrong. <laughs> but, you know, Listen, as someone- Joe Quazala has, has a few thoughts and feelings <laughs> I about- need to, I need to be better about the solidarity for pronunciation. It's, it's important. But okay, great. Here we are. We've got a- This is probably, if not beating our record for most people on the show, it's, I think it's tying it. We've done our drafts before, but our the reason- Mystery date phoneathon for, for the oh ballot. sure that's oh that's true we have Remember had on like yeah. nine people at once at, at, at a certain point but yeah so the reason I've brought you all here <laughs> and I I want to say it like that so that it, it sounds uh, maybe even a little bit sinister um, like some sort of wicked game is about to happen but really no the, the point is the three of you I think have put out some very very thoughtful lists of snubs. Sometimes you'll be on the internet and you'll, you'll try to look up a list of the Rock Hall snubs. 
And uh, they don't seem well-researched. Sometimes they seem very one lane. Sometimes they just come, often they come from the classic rock perspective. But what I like about the list that you guys put in is that you know the rock hall, you know the history, and the lists are done with care. And I want to say the first list I saw was yours, Mark. And I don't know if, if you want to take the claim as being the first one out, but on your blog, and this, do you remember the first time you published your first list? Cause you've revised it over the years, right? I have. I mean, if you really, really go back on the Northumbrian countdown, um, when I was first typing on it, you know, back in 2011, 2012, well, first of all, don't do that because that was extremely <laughs> embarrassing. I think America was number two or number three on that list. It, it was horrible. Don't, don't, don't go back. But I uh, made my original, I would argue, finally well thought out list, hopefully, of 100 snubs. I think it was just after the 2016 class mm-hmm. came out uh, with, yep. with Shadeep Trick and, and NWA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so that list kind of grappled with what the, the landscape was at that point. Uh, and of course, a lot of people on that original list have gotten in since then. Right. A, a good you know, marker if your list has any merit i would say you know and also like if you're yeah if your list is like kind of taking the temperature in a in an accurate way yeah it had no influence whatsoever on the outcome but uh but yeah it did it did kind of take a snapshot of that moment in time i think in terms of who needed to be in who were some people from your 2016 list that wound up getting in well uh, if i remember the top 10 correctly the moody blues were number one they got in Kraftwerk was number wow. two. Wow. Wow, Mark. Yeah. Thanks. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, if it makes you feel any better, Number one? <laughs> number one <laughs> snub. Just, number one snub. Needed, uh... Finally rectified. Yeah. Uh, if okay. it makes you feel any better, Janet was number three. She's in. Carol King was number four. And a few others peppering that list. Yes, Dire Straits were, were up in there as well. Um, and, and lots of other people who got in were further down the list. Uh, uh-huh. Nina's- uh, and those folks. I want to give you the opportunity to defend Moody Blues at number one. <laughs> if Chris is going to throw that kind of shade, I feel like I feel like I want to give you the pulpit. It's just... Not you, Kristen. I'm giving Mark the pulpit. Ah, uh, you know, uh, I appreciate that, Joe. Uh, it, it was indefensible. Um, I... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> quite right in this case. I mean, I just felt the need to have, you know, a real rock and roll band from the 60s and 70s up at number one. It would have felt weird if some bizarre troop of Germans was number one on the list. I Yeah, you were playing the Rock Hall's bass. Well, all you ever wanted, Mark, was for them to close the 2018 ceremony like they did. <laughs> yep. Just with a plum, you know, absolutely just stellar, stellar stuff there. Definitely... <laughs> Couldn't have done it without him. Couldn't. I just heard that their drummer died uh, a few that hours. That is true. Like, oh, I think a today. A few hours ago? Like today. Yeah. Oh, God, Graham, no. Graham Edge, don't, okay, so. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not trying to Brian Adams him. I'm yeah, so I know. sorry. You have, you have the reverse minus touch now. <laughs> I have got to really... stop talking shit about people yeah. on the show, and then they, something sick. bad happens here, to them. Yeah. 
I'm very sorry. Well wishes to his family. And the rest of the of the Moody's. And all the blues. Yeah. And, and then I want to say that the next one that I saw, I think, Troy, yours came up next and you were doing it for Cleveland.com, yeah? Yeah, I think when I moved here, what was it 2013? You know, my editor, Mike Norman, who you guys have had on the show, he uh, he was like, hey, you got to check out this snub list that your you know one of your predecessors did. And I saw it and I posted the list, you know, and that's when I realized like, oh, okay, there's all these crazy people out there who really want their favorite band to be in. Mm -hmm. They really want to advocate for them. So it was really interesting once I did that and I've updated it. This was right around the time the term clickbait really got like coined. <laughs> Mm -hmm. We started to understand True. the listicle became a genre of yeah. writing. You know, we really, uh, and we've all paid the price, but we've all clicked. We've all listicled in our lives. Joe's written several listicles. I was... <laughs> sort of part of one of them yeah uh, it's true i mean like that's the thing is like i have i've done a little bit of rock hog coverage for vulture and it, the thing that I, I that has kept me doing that is they are like it weirdly it gets a lot of clicks like people wind up rock hall stuff if not just because it makes people angry you know it makes people like pissed the band that you get the angry emails about you just never thought of even putting on the list like i'm not gonna put sticks on the list <laughs> so stop emailing me about that if this was the top 780 <laughs> snubs they would sneak in there but stop emailing about them because they're not going to be on a list i got an angry email too about sticks too after the <laughs> oh my oh, god wow. Troy, what about sticks they have a shot and i just want to be like i'm gonna be honest with you stop emailing me first of all <laughs> they're, second they're just fooling no. themselves now the, now so like the sticks army is out in full effect i i or had it's one no person idea. Yeah, I don't know if it's an army. It's more like, you know, in West Side Story, when they snap in their fingers, mm -hmm. they come in. That, that's mm -hmm. really what it feels the like. The dance know, gang. The they could call themselves the, the Renegades. Okay, Ooh. that's good. Okay, Nick, I like I, it. My, my plan for getting sticks in the Hall of Fame, if they if one really wanted to do it, <laughs> have them go on tour with Trey Anastasio, and then you'd have... Fish sticks. Fish sticks. Fish oh sticks. my God, yes. That would get two them in the hall that or that would so get them on unlikely, <laughs> Two bands that are so unlikely to wind up in the hall just tasting great together. Hey, Mark, how is that going to get them into the hall? Of yeah, you know, it, it wouldn't now that I think about it. I think Fish is a little bit higher in Rock Hall people's uh, esteem than, than sticks, but, but yeah, uh, maybe that wouldn't work. But you know what's weird though is that they're always in the top 10 for the kiosk every year. Oh, seems. sure. I get it's that. It's like really strange though. Well, because like you imagine that the people who go to the museum are going to be classic rock oriented and sticks, you have to admit like of the huge classic rock bands, they're like in the top five, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Wait, wait, what do you mean a top five of what? Of like the like, biggest classic rock radio bands that aren't in, I think you would say, you'd say Bad Company, Foreigner, Boston, Tull, and Jethro Tull. Yeah, tell I'd add. You know, I think that's a really good list you put out because that really shows that we just need to move on. It just really shows that we've exactly. actually done it all. <laughs> We're good. We're the, good. Yeah. Like, we got those moodies in and now we can shut the door. Let's, I know. let's we'll see. literally I, stop it. Please. I'm, cu I'm curious if Foreigner or Bad Company will sneak in. I think they will. Here, okay, I, mean, wait, I don't though, know about Foreigner, May I man? say, I, I think that I the nominating committee that. is going to keep that from happening. I think that they've had enough of a refresh on the nominating committee. And I think seeing last year's ballot is a sign that we're pointed in a, a different direction. It's a sign that we are pointed in a different direction. I don't see anybody in the nominating committee being able to be like, all right, 
foreigner, my big gambit. I'm going all in on foreigner this year. I'm going to convince everyone in here to back it. And then we're going to make it through all whatever, however many rounds, and it's going to make it on the thing. When you have all sorts of other snubs who we will get to, I don't know if there's the will in the room anymore. I bet Erdogan can put them up before he died. And apparently he was laughed out of the room. Like for example, the the godfather of the hall. What what will mm-hmm. it take? If you look at this ceremony, you could see Sykes's imprint, oh, yeah. John Sykes, the chairman's imprint all over mm-hmm. it, what he wants to do. I just can't see a ceremony where you've got people like Eminem and you know, these people, you know, they just had Jay-Z. How you just stick foreigner it's not with a band like that in there. It's just it seems like they're going for something specific yeah. and the type of show they want to put on. Yeah. yeah, I don't see it happening. And you know what? I'm glad. <laughs> well, and I guess time will tell. And then I need to, the, the final one, and the one that I think is the most recent is, Nick, yours on your blog. And that mm-hmm. when did when did that come out? You were, I know you were doing it week by week, and then we, we finally got all of them. Like, it the started year? around a year ago. I started publishing them. It took a long time to write them. They're like 55,000 words total because each one is 400 to 500 words Yeah, because you're making an argument for each one. So it took about, I say six months to write. And then I started kind of releasing them week by week. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, yours and the, the rest of uh, you guys here, very thoughtful lists. And Nick, with yours, I liked that you took the approach of, I feel like you were really considering what the hall would do and like best case scenario kind of, and, and not considering... You know, there are obviously some big snubs that if they ever got in, they would wind up in the early influence, especially the way that we're thinking about it now okay. uh, or musical excellence or, or what have you. Yeah, it's weird because when I look at the Rock Hall, I try to be as objective as possible and I try to put what I personally like on the back burner. Interesting, and, interesting approach, Nick. Huh. And, but I'm also inclusive in the sense like I try to include as many different aspects and genres and uh, mm-hmm. styles into the mix. Like when we were asked to do this episode, I realized that half my top 10, and I just published a list earlier, really in January, half of them are in. Right. Yeah. So you, you did a you did a pretty good job. Who were your people that you did in January? So number one was Tina Turner. See, now this is a kind of list I can get behind. All right, Nick, you're moving up in the power rankings of, of today's guests. Number one, Tina Turner. So number two might make you mad. It's the Smiths. No. I mean, I, it's not that <laughs> prob- I don't think problematic sh- faves, really. yeah, problematic faves, you know, and it's like, uh, I don't know. Three was Kraftwerk. Hmm? Four was Mariah Carey. Five was L. Cool J. Six was Judas Priest. Seven was Kate Bush. Eight was Rage Against the Machine. Nine was Joy Division slash New Order. Mm-hmm. And 10 was Carol King. Wow, you're really speaking to Joe and myself, but both yeah. at the same time. You're really bridging us here. I almost am suspicious of it. Um, <laughs> But I, I will say, uh, I've looked at the lists recently, all three of you, and like I said, thoughtful, but still, I do think each of you is crazy for certain reasons. I don't mean to call anybody out, but uh, I will. Um, <laughs> it's funny because when you get to 100, you start to be like, all right, who else can I throw on here? They're bold choices too. Listen, Mark, you threw on Aphex Twin, and I wow. got to say like, yeah. And also, again, I don't mean to call you out. Is Shaka Khan nowhere on your list, Mark? Am I crazy? Oh, if, if she's not, she certainly should be. I think she deserves to be in the conversation. She was in the 70s range on your first one, at least. 
I remember Rufus, right? I would put that a little bit higher if I had to do the list over again. I mean, there there were some serious errors in that first list. Dolly Parton wasn't on it. Dolly Parton absolutely should have been on it. Aphex Twin, I think, is a a bold one. And uh, again, pulpit. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I, I keep I, making you pulp, but I'm sorry, Mark. I, you really uh, don't have to. You don't want to. I have, no, I have terrible choice. I mean, uh, <laughs> as terrible as terrible as my taste is right now, I, I have to assure you, I've come a long way in the last six, seven, eight years. I've been part of the Rock Hall community. I don't even know what we are. Um, the conversation, yeah. yeah. yeah in the condo, um, a lot of the the affinity for groups like Aphex Twin comes from a, another person in that that clique, Donnie uh, Durham. And um, he kind of won me over on, on some more electronic acts like that. It's a long shot, but if we're going to yeah. get serious about digging into 90s acts. Sure. Again, I, I think it's crazy, but I also, I appreciate it on some level. I like to see a swing like that. And you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take each of you on one by one. <laughs> uh, Troy, I don't even really know who Jesse Belvin is. Am I crazy for that? I mean, I, you know, when we did this list, very uh, early influencer candidate, yeah. uh, for sure. So I think I even have a list out there that's like, these are people that could be early influence. Mm-hmm. So when you were emailing us about doing this list, I kind of took that out of the equation, you know, especially the way they expanded it now with music excellence and early influence. Yeah. So he has no shot whatsoever of being nominated. They would never nominate, just like they wouldn't nominate Joe Tex anymore. They wouldn't nominate, you know, Chuck. They just wouldn't yeah. do those I things. Hope, I hope they don't, because if they do, it really seems like a waste of a spot on the ballot. Unless they want, you know, the the votes again for the fan vote for like a Fela Kuti or someone like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, I mean, he, I... they could just put him in. Yeah, right, honestly. I think yeah, eventually Fela's going in under a side category and that is yeah i'm surprised they didn't do it the only thing i could think is they want to throw them in there again just to get the fan vote like more it's yeah i was shocked actually they expand this category they put you know ll and some of these other people in these categories and he just seemed so obvious Mm -hmm. for that category i also want to say you know joe's underselling himself because he has a snub list for vulture on there and this man is driving a train for cool in the gang. All right, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> That's not a name that really comes up for a lot of people for rock hostels, but Joe's really been that guy who has been really pushing for cool in the gang. So we might have to put you on the pulpit. I've seen Joe do the pulpit for like people <laughs> who are on the nominating committee. Like I've seen it happen where he'll get on and be like, and here's why cool in the gang. And he'll just lay it out. Joe, you can do it again. If you, if yeah, you want I to mean, listen, and some people have heard me do this before. Many people who listen to the show have heard me do it before and I'm happy to do it again. And part of the reason why I bring it up is because I do feel like they're not really in the conversation uh, as much as they should be. First off, they have like kind of two phases there to their career. They have like kind of the funk, band jungle boogie hollywood swinging and like they had a ton of hits as that outfit and then they did this thing that i think is kind of remarkable which is that in the 80s when a lot of those funk bands died they thrived they added a lead singer jt taylor and then suddenly it's it's fucking ladies night it's (laughs) celebration it's get down on it it is they have so many of these big hits and then they have like these ballad hits as well like like Cherish. And I feel like just on paper alone, there's huge iconic hits that everybody knows. And that's a good case alone. But then what really takes it over the top is their influence on hip hop, especially like kind of 90s, maybe a little bit before hip hop, where you hear in huge hip hop songs, 
that Hollywood swinging horn mm-hmm. intro. You hear it in a lot. You hear it in Feel So Good by Puffy and Mace. You hear it in DJ Cool's Let Me Clear My Throat. You hear Summer Madness in Summertime by Fresh Prince. You hear it in like Ice, an Ice Cube song. If you dig deep, and you don't even really need to dig that deep, the Cool and the Gang influence in terms of being sampled is so, so apparent and prolific, really. And I think especially now that we are, it's so, so clear that hip hop has a place in the hall. I think you need to acknowledge Cool and the Gang for that, in addition to their insanely popular and great body of work. Yeah. And if I could add one thing to that, Joe, um, please, their eminence as a live act also kind of stands on its own. I mean, I've heard so many people list them as one of the best acts they've seen live. And it reminds me a little bit of when the hall would put up Jay, I've never actually heard it pronounced in real life, Jay Giles Band. Jay Giles. Jay Giles, Jay Giles Band. Um, Dear God. And it was an indefensible choice. <laughs> Everybody takes a sigh. Fact, but the fact that they were one of those bands that was better live than on record spoke to me. I mean, if we get back to the original 50s spirit of rock and roll, a lot of it is being performed live, something people could dance to. And the case for Cool in the Game kind of harkens back to all that. Yeah, I think that's true. And it hurts them too, though, right? Like, not not in my mind. I'm not saying in terms of justification for them. But I think like what Joe is getting at when he talks about it, I think the reason people overlook a lot of stuff is because you take you look back to funk and they really have honored the sophisticated, right? Like James Brown, Sly and Family Stone, Parliament Funkadelic. And I think when, you know, until you get to a band like Cool in the Game, I think they get overlooked for their influence because people on the committee see them as a party mm-hmm. band and you don't have a Steve Van Zandt who apparently is obsessed with Jay Giles band <laughs> <laughs> right, right. advocating for them. You need that person on there to say, wait a minute, guys, it's more than just that. You know? And I think what's interesting about Cool Again is too, that they came from the jazz world and they're exceptional musicians too. Like mm-hmm. they know how to play and they play so well. And I think that gets understated because everyone thinks of like celebration yeah. or, or yeah. songs like that. And they're like a fantastically talented band. They're actually yeah. very similar to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like how Chicago was inducted, like those two chapters of their career. Mm-hmm. They tore I'm together too a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm surprised actually that Quinn Gang hasn't gotten more feelers out there after Chicago was inducted. I mm-hmm. will say, I think it has a lot to do with what you were saying, Troy, about kind of like, you know, the sophisticates versus the party band. And once again, the thing that I always, always come back to is their name. Their name, it is not a serious name. Like it is yeah. not a name that sounds like it's a hall of fame name. It sounds like a fun, cool band. That's like fun and funky, but it doesn't have respect on it. I know that I talk about band names a lot on the show, but like, I do think it can have an influence on people's perception of them. And I think this is one where they've really been negatively impacted by their choice of name. Yeah, I could see that. Just only with regard to the hall. With regard to like being who they are and saying what they do, I'm like, yeah. That is it. If you uh, you ask you, some black people in the hood about Coonigan, like that's that shit, like that name, like they're all about it. But I, you know, I think you're right with the rock hall. It's like Casey and the Sh- Sunshine Band. They ain't getting no yes, shot. Exactly. <laughs> like with the rock exactly. hall. Exactly. But there's a case. Yeah. There's maybe a case to be made. You know, because they, they sure. had some huge hits, but like that name is a is a hurdle. 
the sunshine band. Yeah, but it is, it's like, you know, they're getting docked for like being who they are, for like saying who they are in their name, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm like, cool in the gang. It's like, you hear that name, you're like, hell yeah, I know what I'm getting into. And it sounds fun as hell. Casey and the sunshine Sunshine band sounds a little, a little cornier. Uh, That's a harder, that's a harder one than cool with the K and the gang. But it also lets you know that this is going to be a fun time. Yeah, I think at large, the culture has not come around to Cool in the Gang and other groups that I think were kind of dismissed as not being serious. And, you know, that's what the hall traffic's in, or at least it used to. And it's it seems to be like bending back towards picking up some of these maybe more pop-oriented groups. Mm-hmm. But there, we just have to make sure that there aren't artists that are missed as we kind of course correct that that stuff. And you can't no. like Sly and the Family Stone, they're making the same kind of music early in the career that Cool in the Game was making, but then Sly started doing drugs and you get, or there's a riot going on and, it, you know, it's a crazy mm-hmm. album, but it gives that sophistication. Like it's dark. It was his drug period. It's, you know, it's cool also socially just, conscious. Yeah, they were yeah, conscious. Exactly. I think that also helps them. Cool in the Game needs that downward spiral of drug use and, and depression. <laughs> and they make that album. We'll see. They need yeah. to get down on it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I just, I also, I also have seen, and it keeps, it has kept happening. You know, we lost Ronald Bell a year ago, and we lost D. Thomas, who was the trombone player and had been since the beginning, never left the band. So it's like, that's also a bit of a priority for when I advocate for them because I know that we are losing them and we have lost them. And I would like to, for some of them to still be around when they get that induction. Do you think the rock hall puts artists on the back burner? If that's it, like, it almost hurts that the artist dies. I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, Soundgarden, right? If Chris Cornell is still alive, is the rock hall really advocating for them more because it's a show because you get the Uh original lead singer. Mm -hmm. But now that he's dead. I think it does. I think the perfect example of that working is Lou Reed because Lou Reed died. Mm -hmm. And then the following, year he was nominated and then he was back on the ballot and he got in but then someone like joe cocker who i've written about he's a perfect example of someone that your advocate that billy joel advocated for him the year after he died and it went nowhere so unless it's a year after i don't think it's in the cards for them or they make them wait because you know there's no rush for to honor yeah. them. I mean, the other case i think of nick is whitney houston and she yes. was eligible mm-hmm. and worthy at the time she died yes mm-hmm. and it still took Upwards of ten years. years. Yeah, yeah, about ten years. Yeah, and you know, I think about there's one name in between the three of your lists. There's one name that was not mentioned that I think is a very worthy candidate, and I think he doesn't get talked about because he is no longer with us, and that's Barry White. He is going to be on the update when I update it. I mean, just you think about like one of the most iconic and recognizable voices in all of music. Like mm-hmm. nobody sounds like Barry White. He has a ton of songs that everybody knows. He also had a huge comeback in the nineties. Uh, I just feel like he's never in the conversation. And, and that's, I think it's definitely because he died like 15, 20 years ago. And I also think his nineties comeback is again, giving him a bit of a detriment of like not being serious. You know, a lot of his songs were used in really like stupid commercials and stuff. Yeah, and you're hearing Can't Get Enough or, you know, yeah. My First, My Last, Everything. Yeah, about yogurt and stuff. About I mean, how you want to have mean, sex with yogurt. Yeah, because yeah, that's the thing. Like, I can see that. It became like a punchline almost that like you play yes. Barry White and it's time to fuck. And that's that very, is- very a 90s like 
trope. Like trope. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is like Joe Cocker's, you can't see that influence because they're so distinctive, their vocal style, mm-hmm. like Barry White and especially Joe Cocker, that you kind of can't trace that lineage to like, you know, you could see that with like Whitney to Christina Aguilera to mm-hmm. Ariana Grande. You could see that lineage. With those two, they're just so distinctive, but yeah. they're brilliant vocalists, but that hurts them a little because you can't see that readily. There's mm-hmm. singular, yeah. There's something there too, and it's gonna sound weird, but I think for the Rock Hall, while they obviously have embraced black music, which I mean they couldn't not embrace black music, some of these are I think are like almost too black for them. Like when you look when I look at you know the Barry Weiss and the Luther Vandross, like you know, these are artists that in the pantheon of black music, if you're doing a ranking of the best RB singers of all time, they rank really high. Mm-hmm. But when the rock hall brings it into the spectrum of the rock and roll hall of fame, as opposed mm-hmm. to the great RB artists, they get skipped over. You know, mm-hmm. the same thing can be said with hip hop. We are skipping over somebody like Nas mm-hmm. in terms of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but he clearly is one of the five greatest rappers of all time. He's not going to get nominated, if ever, you know, for a long time. But because he's not in this sort of circle of the Rock Hall, he's just skipped over. I've always felt like Barry White, like Luther Vandross, never, you know, rarely ever gets mentioned. But that's probably quintessential. Is it Lauren Anki who? Yeah, is, she said she brought him up in the meeting, and like nobody really. Yeah, this is the male voice of this, you know, the last 30, 40 years. You know, mm-hmm. he's the male Whitney Houston. Male Mariah Carey. So it's an interesting thing when I look at lists that are just like the greatest rappers of all time on a hip hop site, the greatest R&B artists of all time on a soul R&B site. Mm-hmm. The Rock Hall just doesn't even give them any attention. Certain artists, it's really weird. I think in 20 years, Nas is going to get in as an early influence. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I do think we are going to like... Eric B and Rockham are probably no, going to get exactly. in yes. as as early influence. KRS One as a yeah, music cool excellence guy on, cool on the list absolutely. for this episode. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I mean influence or whatever. You know, that's smart. I mean, especially because someone like Cool Herc, who's so influential, but did not release records. You know, mm-hmm. what do you what do you do with someone like that? You mm-hmm. put him in one of the categories you make up because you know you they, they can't be on the ballot really all right we're, we're we're coming up on a break here but before we do that uh, as our tease for the break i want to hear everybody's number one snub and then you don't even have to you don't even have to defend it mark who is your number one snub uh, my number one snub is a band that i don't especially care for i rarely listen to but they deserve it judas priest nice yeah i love i love an objective take that's what that's what this is all about, baby. It's not about mm-hmm. personal preference. Totally. Absolutely. Objectivity. That's the name of my game, honey. Troy, who's your number one snub? You know, it was Judas Priest and the bad around the Smiths and everyone. But then something you said, Joe, you said you wanted this to focus on the Rock Hall's criteria, like what, you know, their implied criteria. Yeah, I think that's and worthwhile. To, uh, as at a, this exercise. moment, and y'all know this is not objective at all, but at this moment, it's Mariah Carey. Like the way the rock hall is going to me, it just has to be Mariah Carey. Honestly, like how, how much longer can they keep her out? You know, mm-hmm. I, I like it. They don't it. want to. They probably put, they no. want her on the marquee tomorrow. Like, yeah, really? I mean, that would be huge <laughs> for them. Absolutely. Nick, who's your number one snub? Mariah Carey. Wow. 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 Because wow. she is the only person that's not a Beatle to have more number ones. And I mean, can you think of a bigger 
star in the last 30 years than Mariah Carey, it's kind of hard to argue. And she has a comeback. She has so many things going on that are in her favor. Do you have a number one snub, Kristen? Yeah, my number one snub is Pat Benatar. Duh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's brothers. That was going to be Michael McDonald solo. <laughs> that's so well really? established. Anyway, everyone knows my number one snub is Cool in the Gang. It's it's going to be Cool in the Gang. But that's our tease. We're going to really get into it, though, and, and really flesh out a list, maybe even come to a consensus. But before that, we're going to take a little break. So we will be right back. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. We hope over your break, you kept it rolling, baby. All right. So we've heard uh, the top snubs from everybody. Kristen is Pat Benatar. Marks is Judas Priest and Mariah Carey for both Nick and Troy. But let's uh, let's flesh out this list a little bit more. I mean, we might as well just we'll just keep going down the line. Who do people have in the two spot? Kristen, who do you have in the two spot? I mean, I didn't necessarily order my list. Fair you enough. know, I don't really um, like to prepare. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, the the second name that I wrote down on the uh, on my paper was B fifty twos. Yeah, that's up there. That's up there for me as well. One of the things that is, I think is so like special about the B fifty twos is like they're so weird. They're mm-hmm. so. Gay. They're queer. They're fucking incredible queer icons. They fucking snuck into American culture, just like came in through the front door, busted yeah. it down. Tin roof was rusted. They said, here we go. They're like still performing. I mean, you know why they belong. Like they are such and an incredible. They did all, yeah, they did all that and managed to have some of the biggest songs of all time. Like that is Hall of Fame shit. They're weird. They're like a queerer Devo, you know? Exactly. If I could add one thing, my wish, my hope for the 2022 ceremony mm-hmm. uh, is to have Eminem and the five or six queerest artists imaginable just to make him so uncomfortable. <laughs> I would love it. And Mariah Carey, uh, who he has a feud with. <gasps> oh my That's God, That's right, he has yes. a feud with Mariah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, wow. Kristen, I've written about the B-52s about three years ago, too, mm-hmm. for a case for them. And that's still my most read blog, honestly. I mean, they're great. They should be in. They've never been nominated, right? No, no. they should have yeah. been in Yeah, so already. again, that's like another thing to me is like the fact that they haven't even been on a ballot is really like so annoying to me. <laughs> Here's the thing, too, is that the B- if you look at a band like Devo that's been on the ballot the last few years, the B-52s have such a stronger case to get in immediately because yeah. they have like four or five songs mm-hmm. that everyone knows and loves, like mm-hmm. Love Shack, Rome, Rock Lobster. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the list goes on. Yeah. But they're just so beloved. Like, who doesn't like them? Yeah, it's just weird that they haven't been on the ballot. Like, how That's I don't know that how really that hasn't me. happened. It's true. And, and listening to Devo in contrast always seems like a journalistic responsibility. <laughs> 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 and I love Devo, by the way. Well, I want to say, too, if, if you put all, you know, queer acts, so to speak, in with Eminem, he's just going to have Elton John induct him. So he's, you know, he's probably very well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, well, and I think it would be kind of great, though. It's like almost like giving someone an opportunity to do the right thing. I think when you're older, you know, it's, it's... you could see the the maturity. I wanted to say too with with Mark bringing up Judas Priest, they're my number two. Yeah, but in that vein, I can't think of an act that is more like obviously next for their genre to be put in. And then to, to pair with that, I would say Eric B and Rakim to me are the obvious, and they've been nominated as well multiple times or at least once. Just once, yeah. Next for hip hop as well. Those are the two acts for those two genres. I don't know if you know this candidates to get in with the voters. 
But to me, they're the two next worthy candidates in their genres to, that should be put in. I think that Eric B and Rakim is going to wind up in a side category. I think that there's just not enough knowledge um, Sadly, among the voting body to to get them in the front door, which they should. Yeah, they should have been in already. And it is it's disappointing, but they do simply don't have the name recognition, especially with the voters for the rock hall at this point we don't even have the name recognition for any of these metal bands to get into the day which is rock weird hall. because like judas priest has some of the i would have thought such big name recognition I that agree. they would have gotten in on one of their just uh, from t-shirts alone yeah the nominated right? committee has tried everything they've tried judas. i know they've tried it's, it's, they've, it's, it's really like... crazy i think motorhead will get in before judas priest i think so too do you think maiden it will get in before either of those no i don't Hmm. Yeah, their shot was right after Def Leppard to me. I thought if they yeah. had got they nominated get right after Hall of Fame, the, the what? <laughs> t-shirts. Said yeah, t-shirt. oh yeah, put them oh, in the, the t-shirt, t-shirt Hall of Fame. Fame. Instagram girls love them. Some Iron Maiden. <laughs> Iron Maiden, I think, has some like stink on their name. Weirdly, like we talk about bands that aren't considered to be serious. I think they are really, especially among like journalists are just not considered uh, a serious no. band. I think it's, that's funny. I'm like, they have a very serious name. They have a serious name, serious no, graphics. Those fans are coming for Joe now. Any those fans are coming. For I mean, I I'm with, I'm in solidarity with them that like, they don't, they don't, think we're serious they they look down on us we're yeah victims. they don't get us i'm a part of the we fellow metalheads to the point though to the nominated committee nominated committee's credit they have nominated those metal bands it's almost like they have to formulate a ballot just to like structure it so a metal band can get in mm-hmm. yeah uh, not unlike the what they do for hip-hop uh sometimes right. like they have to really clear a lane and i i i'm curious to see what that would look like and if that would really work nick did we get your number two no, uh, the Smiths. So that's like my Pet Sounds, Rolling Stone 500 albums. Like they're just the perpetual number two pick. Um, yeah. So, yeah. and plus, isn't it great to have a woman ranked above Morrissey? Hell yeah. In, in general and in life. Can you just put them in and then just like not even mention it? Can they just like put them in? <laughs> the Dire Straits sheet ran for the Yeah, Smiths. there's no induction. There's no like, yeah. just put the name on the plaque. And then it has do to a, do a run grin, do a, yeah. I don't know. The thing is like, I don't know. It's complicated. Like obviously Morsi is a uh, Morsi sucks, but like the degree of like joy I would feel if they like reunited yeah. and played together. Like those are some of my favorite songs of all time. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why you put them number two. I mean, because they're so, oh man, they are just clearly so influential and they were just one of the pillars of that scene. And especially when we've seen the cure and, and Depeche Mode get in, it feels like they're so obviously next. Or if it's my number two, which is Joy Division New Order. Yeah. Oh. Because they really should have been in first among that group right. of four. That I feel like the case is really strong with Joy Division New Order, both on an influence and like the thing they have over the Smiths is that they have some songs that I feel like truly everybody knows, mm-hmm. like Blue like Blue Monday. Like I don't think the Smiths have How Soon Is Now. I guess that's their like most recognizable song among you mean the charmed theme song i am referring to uh (laughs) yes the orgy song versus the charmed uh theme song is is what i'm talking about but i just think new order in particular just has like a lot of hits that get played like anytime you need to signify it's the 80s you you play blue monday that's just such a big thing in their favor i think is the ubiquity of some of those songs for just people who like 80s music Mark, did we get your number two? You did not. Would you believe me if I told you it was Mariah? 
Wow. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. Are we coalescing around Mariah being the number oh. one snub? I absolutely. Yeah, the average would be, yeah. It's my, that time of season. It's that time of year. My I know. favorite thing we is all that just have I have not had us? to bring her up even one time. And I am a huge, gigantic Mariah Carey fan. It is so fun for me to have just everybody else do my business. Like, it's really great. Oh, God. I'm, it's inarguable, honestly. Like, yeah. her case is, like, so solid. It's almost like you have to find stuff. How can you argue against her almost? Yeah, you have to like not take her seriously in like either a like misogynistic or racist way. Like oh, there's, it's there's really rock. no other way. <laughs> it's yeah. not yeah. rock and roll. Genre it's bias. To negotiate, it's it's all about timing, right? Like they, they kind of want to space. They're like, okay, we just did Whitney. Let's give it a couple years. Let's call Mariah's people, see what works for her. Yeah. You know, it's that sort Let's of thing. Mariah a couple off. years not to embarrass herself on New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'll do like a thing, you know, that maybe they'll get it when she's in New York or when it's in New York or something like that. So she would come. Yeah. I wonder. Her double penthouse and walk <laughs> yeah. down. To that, her Cribs episode is in. It's like burned into my brain Me in too. such a delightful way. Yeah, she has stats on her side. Mariah has like the stats on her side in a big way. I want to say my number three pick also has stats on their side, but it really has commercial, critical. I think especially when we did this artist on the podcast, I think they maxed out all the categories, maybe better than anyone else. And that's Outcast. Ooh. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're on my list. Like, like, I got I got questions. Yeah, about please. Outcast. Yeah, you know I'm a hip hop guy, so I came up on hip hop. I, I'm surprised, you know, when you look at everybody in the rock hall insiders, all of us in that, you know, social media. I was surprised for love for Outkast because there's there's a few hip hop acts I put ahead of them. So I was actually surprised at how much everybody thought like they, they were up in hip hop. So popular, they're so popular especially among people our age people in their 30s they're like one of those few acts that is so important and influential and freaking weird and did a bunch of crazy shit yeah. and yeah. then they're like so the so, most popular group so popular. for like a few years there and they um, revolutionized southern based hip-hop that yes. is why they're so high because there was nothing really in a mainstream success until outcast came along really and that's why they're so important and if you had to go ahead and list the biggest song of the first the decade teens or was it the, or the 2000s songs, yeah a couple outcast songs are in the conversation yeah hey, hey, i yeah. mean hey yeah is maybe one of the biggest songs of that decade for sure yeah. without, oh. without a doubt it's probably Wait. in the top five yeah. yeah i thought i i know you don't have to justify to me guys like i love outcasts mm -hmm. and they have where well, they hit all the marks I just, you know, as a hip hop fan, it's hard for me because when I, when, you know, if I'm hanging with the hip hop, you know, I'm in the hip hop cypher on Facebook, it's like a group of, you know, hip hop fans. Names would come up before them, you know, Wu-Tang, De La Soul or something, but I can see why they would appeal more in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. you know, uh, arena for, for, for candidacy. Yeah, yeah, because you're like dealing with people who are knowledgeable <laughs> rather than, We're all than, than, than kind of just skimming the surface, you know? No. it's like i think wu-tang i think they're great and i think they should be in i think their chances are they have that name recognition and things like <laughs> I that i think they will come up it's just gonna yeah. take maybe 10 years or something exactly but I, they do for the children wu-tang does it for the children for the children <laughs> they're too hood Teach the it's children a, 
But I guess what I mean too, is it's like one of those things where like, yeah, if you know medium to a lot about rap music or hip hop in general, then you would be like, whoa, how are you going to put in Outkast before Wu-Tang? But if you are just like a person being like the rock hall is for the top number one act out of every little subgenre within uh, hip hop, then you're going to put in Outkast first because they are just, they're so number one as far as like, recognition and popularity and then plus they're weird like they did it <laughs> right Love yeah them so much it's across it's across the board classic albums huge songs influence like name recognition they were just so so big like christmas saying while being so weird and like challenging and daring and, and shit i think they should have gotten in their first year of eligibility i, I mm-hmm. think they're a perfect candidate for that and it's a bummer <laughs> that they it was the ll blockage the the attempt to have some sort of chronology track mm-hmm. that I think stopped that from happening. Mark, what's your number three? Um, my number three is a band that's already come up in the conversation, The Smiths. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just in, in terms of everything that they were to kids who didn't fit in in the 80s. And uh, yeah, I mean, nothing Morrissey has done since should necessarily take away from the the way they just kind of tapped into that time and place and that state of mind and that 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 zeitgeist yeah and we have a solo career to separate from him from him Mm -hmm. like which is which is useful in this regard when he's become so problematic it's like and then you're just like great we honor the smiths you know we dead name morrissey Uh, it, it, it gives us this opportunity to kind of cut to do a cutoff of like what we are saying is exactly is inductible. Exactly. No, I, I absolutely agree. And I mean, we all know that a Smith's induction would be a hot mess. My, my personal theory is that Morrissey would phone in with a video with Edward Snowden in some embassy in South America. Uh, who knows? I, I think they deserve it. I yeah. just like to imagine all the Smiths fans showing up to the induction ceremony, thinking that some that it's going to happen, that there's mm-hmm. going to be some kind of reunion show or whatever, and just like, unfortunately, getting uh, dire straits. Yeah, I mean, if you're a betting man, but you know, that's the that's the thing in the hall. It holds out that hope. It dangles that hope in front of us, and that's that's what keeps us coming back. Troy, what's your number three? Oh, it's Mariah Carey. Actually, you know, spoiler ahead, my top five was Mariah Carey, one through five. You know, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I, you know, I would throw in artists like New York Dolls and Sonic Youth and these artists, but I wanted to focus on acts on the cusp of getting in. Yeah. Uh, so in Taylor Hawkins said it, it's George fucking Michael, man. Get this man Hell in. Yes. I mm-hmm. think. He's on the kind of cusp, see it happening within the next few years. And I think it's, he's definitely worthy of getting in. He's on my list too. Mine as well. Somehow we just like passed over it. And I, I kind of thought he was going to wind up on the ballot right after he died, like the Lou Reed effect. And when he didn't, it just, yeah, it's, he was so big and so good. And he's so beloved. I don't know what it is. It's the Pee Wee Herman effect, unfortunately. It's like the controversial, he became synonymous with a scandal and it's so stupid, but that I think to a generation is a defining characteristic of him rather than the music that he made. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of weird though. Like when you go deep into rock and roll and artists who have dated, you know, 
like 14 year olds and stuff <laughs> like like it, yeah it's, I know. I think, oh, it's right. like not even a thing yeah. it's literally like i think he was like having consensual sex in a bathroom like who fucking cares man or, like it was like a i think it was a proposition it was like an undercover cop proposition oh, and it was like okay yeah. i'm Come down on. it's like yeah yeah oh get over that like please absolutely <laughs> yeah. that is a rock and roll less oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my god entrapment like i hate this so much i now i'm really annoyed can i tell my george michael story please yeah. back when i was actually an employed historian so i'm teaching my very first class on my own this is 2009 i'm giving my final exam and i'm pretending to watch my students take the final exam but really i'm just messing around on the internet do you know what happens during the middle of my final michael jackson dies <gasps> oh and uh -oh. um, I, I made the mistake of telling my students and they wanted extra time for bereavement. <laughs> yeah, of course. And when I moved to Singapore to teach and I give my final exam for the first time, do you know what happens the day of the final? Whitney Houston dies. Oh, oh boy. Stop having exams. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm starting to- You're gonna kill next. A little bit weird. So my joke was, I'll keep doing it until George Michael dies. But <laughs> unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. No. A few years later. So I apologize if in some... We thought Kristen was bad. Yeah, yeah I'm out here giving Brian Adams COVID on accident. You're killing I'm legends. Pop stars. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Honestly, I'm sorry to say this, Mark, but I'm kind of like for your unemployment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. I'm worried about Stevie Wonder and uh, I need you to stay unemployed. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. My oh, wow. Yeah. When you started, I was like, does he think Michael Jackson is George Michael? Did he think we were talking about? <laughs> it was only the beginning yeah, of this. When you said, can I tell preamble. my George Michael story? I was, you know, I'm like, this could go anywhere. Yep. Oh, yeah. This could, <laughs> be, could be rough. All right. Do you want to know? my number three please Joe? please shaka khan hell yeah i feel for that i, I thank you with rufus or without rufus i don't Good care question. i Good really question. don't care you know i don't care i don't give I'm a shit without actually i'm for without i'm for you. without or with it doesn't matter to me i like a lot of rufus <laughs> songs i just if that woman is not in the goddamn hall of fame soon i'm going to lose my mind like she is so influential so important if you look at the other people who have been put in over above and around beside her to skip her and nominate her over and over again and then treat her so wrong put her in just i don't care if you have to ll or do it i do not care this I woman has happening. got to be in you i think, think that's so? happening yeah that's... i think so at this point it's like because she's at essentially as many nominations as ll so if we're setting the precedent like that's the tipping point then i think you just you can put her in the musical excellence category and that even makes a little more sense than ll's inclusion in that category because shaka is solo and with a band so if you're like we can't fully contain it in one thing then like all right sure and she'd like you know she's on other people's shit and i don't know i mean like it's the catch-all category for when you need to get somebody in and, and they can't get in and i think shaka is approaching that i think shaka solo has a better chance of getting in on the ballot, but I think Rufus mm -hmm. has the better discography. Agree. I think that when you look at the way they structured this past ceremony, it's the blueprint moving forward, right? Because they can put pretty much whoever they want in the yeah. side category yeah. to this point, <laughs> they can clear people off the ballot, right? Like, hey, let's throw the MC5 and, you know, music excellence or early influence. We're going to be early influence. The ballot. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, and then you give people a tribute video, apparently, and that's good. And that takes care of that. Wipe your hands, move on. Right. It gives John Sykes and his crew, okay, we got a core six people to put together an amazing show so we can really try to control 
the six that that mm-hmm. we're that are really getting mm-hmm. in. So yeah, I, I agree. Shaka Khan. And she could get the LL treatment. You know, she's still alive. Yeah, I think she would get the LL. Exactly that. I think she would get, it would not be any difference. We would not know from the way that it was structured that she wasn't (laughs) like a front door um, inductee. But I think that she, I just put her in, please. I love her. Oh, cool. Jay got all those songs. Charlie Penn didn't even get a video. And it was funny because I think it was Joe said in on Twitter, he said they could have animated the Charlie (laughs) Penn. Yeah, I could have. Have a, we have a ref. We got one photo as the reference. I know it's really the thing. Oh Charlie Patton. It's like, of course, there's no footage of him, but you can still have people talking about him. Do something. That <laughs> part of the ceremony, I get. We were trying to get through it, and I thought it was cool that there was a performance. But like, you really do not come away from that with any idea of who Charlie Patton is or why he's important, which is mm-hmm. a bummer. But we're not talking about that yet. Nick, number three. Number three will probably divide your audience, but make Kristen so happy. I'm going with Cher as number three. Nice. Because nice. Here's, here's the thing. So I think the nomination committee this past year, they're going with iconic women. So mm-hmm. can you get more iconic than Tina Turner and Carol King? No, that they went with those two. And mm-hmm. I think the next one, and she was in the video package, was yeah. Cher. Yeah. And I will tell you guys mm-hmm. too, Cher is the only artist to have I think a chart, like a number one hit in six consecutive decades, like Hot 100 and dance charts, but also everyone knows who Cher is. You don't have to explain her. She's so iconic, Mm -hmm. multi-talented, and it's actually disgraceful that she's not in. And I'm not a really huge fan of her music by any means. I don't think I would ever put on a Cher song, but at the same time, everyone knows who she is. She's iconic. She will fill up that arena and it put on a hell of a show. Yeah. And she satisfies all, all the demographics. Yeah. Like, cause mm-hmm. you know, you, you, we, and we have brought up share to kind of our old men who we talked to every once in a while, who were on the mm-hmm. nominating committee years ago, people who their decade is the sixties and pretty much anything after that, they don't give a shit, but you hear share and you're like, let's go. I mean, she was, <laughs> she was ostensibly part of the wrecking crew. You know what I mean? Like, and then, but she also, she satisfies, like you said, every decade. She has hits in every decade. She has a Kennedy Center honor. Other institutions are honoring artists that should be in by now, like Lionel Richie, Gloria Estefan. Now LL Cool J just got in, shares Mm -hmm. one of them. It's, it's maddening. And, you know, she could easily get the most votes on any fan vote. And in a general thousand voter poll she would probably get the most votes like who's going to vote against her yeah i i think i think you're right i think she would ease right in without much of a problem but i do think you know very similar to you nick it's not i'm not i appreciate Cher as an icon and i like her and i think she's just absolutely the legendary person and singer but i also would never put a share song on and i think that that might be the one drawback Get, I mean, like Tina Turner, she came out of her husband's shadow and mm-hmm. became huge on her own. So mm-hmm. just in that story alone, uh, that a woman persevered, became an even bigger icon. Because mm-hmm. if she stopped in the 60s, she still would be worthy. But the fact that she kept going, like Tina Turner, it speaks so much to her legacy and, and why yeah. she's such a great, iconic figure in pop culture. Absolutely true. Mark, number four. Number four. I have 
Duran Duran. Ooh. Very good. Yeah, they are around. They got to be around the corner, right? They've got to be around the corner. It's been a big year for them. They've uh, released new stuff. They've done award shows. And especially with the nominating committee and, and a lot of Rock Hall leadership moving, I guess, from a Rolling Stone milieu to an MTV and VH1 mm-hmm, milieu. Mm-hmm. I mean, great point. Duran Duran and MTV, I forget who said it, but they were made for one another. They reinforced- Martha Quinn. Yeah, that's that's a great choice. And it's like, how many like huge, huge bands from the kind of rock band era are left. And it's like Duran Duran, whenever they get inducted, they're the headliners. I'm, I'm sure of it. When we were in the audience in 2019 for the ceremony yeah. of oh, yeah. inducted Roxy Music, that was probably the biggest ovation pop. that night. Huge and they pop. were just inducting them. Just they talking. didn't perform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Insane. People, women were screaming and wooing. There was a lot happening. Oh, oh it was sure. crazy. Yeah. Troy, who do you have for number four? You know, I, I think it's time that, you know, if the Rockers are get serious about hip hop, you know, you got to put a female-led act in. So I got Salt and Pepper nice. on my yes, list. Yes, um, yes, yes, You know, you could keep putting, like, you keep putting in male rappers, you know, year after year. I mean, that's what we could see actually happen. Yeah, that's like <laughs> quite some time. But when you look at what Salt and Pepper did at a time when female rappers were nowhere near the pop charts, Salt and Pepper's on my list. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. That's one I hope to see come up on the ballot soon. They still have the name recognition, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's salt and pepper. You know, it doesn't need explaining. They got a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award this year. They're still huge. Like you said, the name. And that's like a huge point in their favor is like people still know their name. They still know their songs. They have lasted. Yeah, they were so huge and they are quite talented. And I don't think that they've been almost tarnished by the commercial use of their songs. I think it's in there as far as Push It and being maybe uh, overused as a in multiple <laughs> movies. Exactly. But I don't think that they will pay as high of a price as like a Barry White for how commercially they kind of uh, sold out if you will yeah if you have beyonce dressing up for you as halloween you should be in there you go that's a good good indicator (laughs) i like that nick who do you have for number four outcast very good it's a good choice Kristen, who do you have for for number four outcast (laughs) Ooh, me and chris are like we got the same list, I think. Doubling up. My number four is B-52s. We're all got a little group mind going here. Mm-hmm. And my number five is Pat Benatar. And so we've, we've talked about her as well. I would maybe put money on her getting in next year. Me too. For crying out loud, I put our whole show on her getting in a few years ago. I, I I'll know. never yeah, I be... After that, I don't know anymore, right? I'm just like, like I'm what is you. reality? What happened? I was shocked. I think that was the biggest shocker of that year was that she didn't like waltz in because uh, what more do you because want? Because she objectively rocks. It's just, it's good optics. She's worthy. She is a classic rock act. And I think perhaps people were thinking, I don't need to vote for her. This is a done deal. I have a theory on why she didn't get in. Ooh. Critics never really respected Benatar the same way that they did for other artists of that same era too. Like you never see Benatar usually like on like those Rolling Stone lists or the Library of Congress or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I, I think it's critical snobbery that hurt her for whatever reason, even though yeah. it's bullshit. I know, I know. That year when we called some voters, we heard a little bit of that. Uh, and even some of it being incorrect, being like, she didn't write any of her own shit, which is not true. She she oh. definitely did write some of her own shit. Anyway, I just feel very strongly that she's going to get in next year. 100%. Troy, number five. I'm going with the list that I had of my perfect induction for next year. And excluding Eminem, the other two acts, I'll get them in here real quick, is uh, 
Eurythmics and Rage Against the Machine. So mm-hmm. those would be my, my next two. Um, yeah. And again, Eurythmics, I would say, would be, if you were asking me my five, that would be them. Uh, Rage, I was debating between them and Soundgarden. I found myself, because I brought this up earlier, thinking, oh, let's go with Rage since they're still all alive and they could put on a hell of a live show. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. You and know, so that's I why think I Rage is more important than Soundgarden. I think I have a lot of rage about Soundgarden because <laughs> of, you know, I've like done this stupid false correlation between the fact that Chris Cornell got a proper tribute and Aretha didn't. Like, I can't let it go and I'm trying, but it's really like stuck in there with the Soundgarden worthiness is like the idea that this guy who died and yes, it was tragic, but like he wasn't in the rock hall and he got, and and then we were punished with this dirge and like, I, it has lowered them for me. And that's my prerogative because I come at it personally. And that to me, Rage is a much more worthy band in that hard rock genre. They were doing a lot of stuff that was exciting. They were so political. Then you have the insane Tom Morello guitar. You have kind of the only time rap rock has ever Worked. been good. <laughs> like it, there's a lot of I things know. to- Right, isn't that crazy? Like we almost don't think of them as rap rock because we think of rap rock as shitty. It's terrible, yeah. And yes. like we would never put Rage yeah. into that category, but that Zach De La Roca was, he was rapping. He was rapping, mm-hmm. he was rapping and, and it worked, okay, y'all? And so- <laughs> Like, I don't know. So yes, I'm like fully rage goes in. I would love to see it. They were like on my extended list. I like them. Rage Against the Machine is a better band. I, you know, I'm sorry, than Foo Fighters. You know, and, and I and I look at their impact. He I just said what he said, and, and we love the, to hear it. I'm just over the, here, so happy to hear it. Someone else can take the heat. No, but you just see like, you know, it's the Rock Hall. And we did the episode about, you know, artists with their connections that have gotten into the Rock Hall. Ray's just a, a way better band to me than Foo Fighters. Nick, who's number five for you? Judas Priest. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mark, who's number five for you? Number five is someone who hasn't come up yet. <gasps> and I've tried to move past Rock's foundational generation, 50s, 60s stuff. But this person, Big Mama Thornton is, is okay. Mm. For me, uh, yeah. I mean, there aren't that many '50s acts that that still deserve serious consideration. But Big Mama, she's just this force of nature, playing drums, playing harmonica, doing Hound Dog before Elvis, doing Ball and Chain before Janice. In, in terms of quality, in terms of setting the bar for for female rock and roll singers, you got to put Big Mama in. What are we doing that she's not in? She's also a queer black woman in the '50s and '60s, doing all these very very controversial songs. She's not in, in any way, shape or form. No, this, seems she, like, no. it, it, this seems very stupid. It felt like, it felt like there was a groundswell for her for the early influence category this year. And then it yeah. just didn't materialize. There should have been a groundswell 20 years ago. This is like absolutely ludicrous. There's a lot, there's a lot of women rock pioneers that have been overlooked, you know, and she's obviously one of the top ones, but well, you go back to like a uh, Mammy Smith or somebody. I mean, there's just Memphis dig- and yeah, there's, there's a, yeah. there's a let's ton. Let's do in- a big slate. Let's friggin' go. Let's put them all in. Questlove said once he brought, he was bringing up Sister Rosetta Tharp's name for years. And I think like Jan Wenner or someone said to him, I'll give it time. No reason why it just couldn't happen during yeah. that, you know, right. specific year. It was just kind of like give her time, time will come. Her like- time will come. She's only been dead for however yeah. long. <laughs> 
if it fifth, we can wait for the 50th anniversary of her death. Yeah, right. there's, <laughs> there's no room in this completely ephemeral made up institution. Sorry, we just we we wouldn't no. be able to move the boxes around <laughs> what, to yeah, fit her what, in. What can like, we what can we do? I'm sorry, it's all made how up. How about we give but... it time for the Foo Fighters? Give it time for Foo Fighters. No, <laughs> never, never. We're not going anywhere soon. Kristen, no. what's your number five? You know, I've been kind of waffling around over here. I had Eurythmics on my long list. I think that I would just really love to see them in, but I think my number five would probably be George Michael at this time. Nice. That's a good one. And we can just, we can quickly round out our top tens without a ton of commentary. But uh, I mean, like the rest of my top 10 is I have Rufus and Shock at six, Cher at seven, Smiths at eight, Judas Priest at nine and Mariah at 10. So like I've, you know, absolutely everything that's already been said. Nick, why don't you go ahead? I I know you got this ready. Sure, I'll go first. Uh, Number six is Kate Bush. Number seven is Beck. Number Mm -hmm. eight is Duran Duran. Nine is Pat Benatar. And 10 is Rage Against the Machine. Good picks. Mark, what do you got for us? Sure. Uh, I also have Kate Bush at number six, rounding things out with Smashing Pumpkins, who I don't think have come up yet. I hesitate to say this. Again, I think Boomer Axe should be shoved into a dumpster and the dumpster should be set on fire. And yet? But but the monkeys. um, Okay. All right. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, is, I, mean, I, the, I We've heard the case. I, I, I'm not like against it. It just doesn't excite me even. I understand. Uh, rounding it out with the spinners and outcast. Mm-hmm. Very good. I've got mine. Okay. Six, Eurythmics. Seven, New Order Joy Division. Eight, De La Soul, mm. which we haven't talked about, but boy, you know, hearing the kind of Jay-Z's speech really even put a fine point on it, just kind of, we got to get some of these formative hip hop acts in and the fact that they've never been on the ballot or anything. Mm -mm, um, mm -mm. And they rule and they pave the way for a lot of the music that I like. Sure, (laughs) yeah, fair enough. That's a personal pick. Uh, And then nine, Devo, 10, Mariah. Awesome. And then Troy, did you have, what's the rest of of the X, you know, five acts that we haven't mentioned that I had in my list, you know, Sonic Youth, I had King Chris, in on there for the next prog rock act that I think deserves consideration. Pixies, Jane's Addiction, and Black Flag. Those are the, mm-hmm. the bands we haven't mentioned that I had in the mix of my 25 or so. Now, those are great picks, Troy. Yeah, yeah. Can I mention Thanks. a few that I yeah. had that yeah, we have mentioned? Yeah, just kind of that are, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, sure. Uh, Dionne Warwick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's on my big list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carly Simon. No, oh, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love Carly. Diana Ross, because like Cher, you can't get much more iconic than yeah. Diana Ross. And if you're going to have a two-time female next, I think it has to be Diana. I, I agree. Big mm-hmm. star and a tribe called Quest. Oh yeah, tribe. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's a big one. I think the only names that I, I would say are really up there that no one has mentioned, Cindy Lauper mm-hmm. and uh, Roberta Flack. Mm-hmm. I mean, Roberta Flack in particular is like an icon of icons. And uh, yeah, Cindy's someone, I, I, I could see that happening. Because Roberta, she had like, what, two back-to-back record of the year wins or the Grammys? Like- and she, I believe, also had three consecutive years of having a number one hit. <sighs> And you think about Quiet Storm for a second. She's like one of the originators. Like, how do you have Sade before her, kind of, in a weird way? So we've got some good names up there. Maybe it's possible our consensus. Maybe if we had to pick a number one, like I'm I'm just kind of looking here at the names we've said. It's like Mariah is maybe like the... (laughs) The top slot that we could I all agree on. I love that she was my number ten, and that yeah, this is I know, right? It is just, mwah, it is perfect for me. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Mariah is a name that we all had. Judas Priest was, you know, close to everybody saying it. Smiths, obviously, uh, up there as well. Outcast. I would like to think 
if we had to point the nominating committee somewhere, we could point them to this very episode. And if you want a great ballot, I think we've done it. And then we'll do really quickly, like if I'm thinking, what is a great, well-rounded 2022 class I would say Outcast, Cool in the Gang, Pat Benatar, Cher, Duran Duran, maybe give that last slot to Eminem because it's happening and then put Shaka as the musical excellence. And then if it's just my own Druthers, I'm going very clearly towards Pixies, Joy Division, New Order, Smiths, Devo, B-52s, Tribe, Cool in the Gang. Well, I had most of that stuff was kind of on my dream ballot. The one artist that I just think could surprise us all. I, this would just be a really wild thing if this happened. But if we did see Erica Badu, it could be like a, it would, it's a weird pick. Okay, I was just okay. like, if I'm looking to balance out this ballot, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I just think that's a cool move. I'd like to see it. Yeah. I, that's, a, and that's a good way. To, that's a good way to phrase it too. So we don't need to get too bogged down, but like, what is something that you, you would like to see personally, or you think or even you could you think might happen. I'll start with Mark. In terms of a good class for next year, I, I, I think the consensus is pretty solid. Eminem's getting in whether we like it or not, but mm-hmm. I would round it out with probably with Judas Priest, with Mariah, with Duran Duran, maybe Outkast. Uh, I think you'd have a good class there. In terms of my own preferences, I'd love to see Lilith Fair get some representation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, so so uh, Indigo Girls, I'd love to see get nominated or in. Uh, it, it may not happen for some time, but yeah. uh, I'd love to see it. A kinder, gentler rock hall. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I've been pilloried for my advocacy for this artist by every other person who follows this institution. But Jimmy Buffett, I'm sorry. One of the great American stories. Roy's leaving. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. There's a case to be made. And listen, he is wrapped by Irving Azov, so we may see that very Absolutely. soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? uh, I mean, I did a whole podcast episode with Nick about, uh, and again, I have horrible taste here, Paul and Mary, just in terms of getting the 60s generation to take up a political profile and take social causes seriously. Yeah. Dylan did it too, but Dylan did it on his own terms. And at a certain point, he threw his hands up and said, I'm not working on Maggie's farm anymore. And so it was up to the Joan Baez's and the Peter, Paul and Mary's to point the way towards engaging in, in the real history happening at the time yeah. in an effective way. I like that. I, I think I think that's interesting. I may throw some light shade at everybody, but I, I like the choices that are outside the box. That that way of thinking is we welcome it, and it is it, it provides a uh, conversation and a discussion that is hearty and and worth having. Troy, you I mean you kind of said you know your your top picks were kind of a you know what would be a good well rounded class. Yeah. Who would you like to just like from your own personal picks? Who would you like to see? My six that I I really would like to see next year um, are Eminem, Judas Priest, Mariah. I carry Rage Against the Machine, Salt and Pepper, and I, I put in Eurythmics over George Michael just because, you know, I, I think more women uh, belong. Alive to women heart. too, like yeah, you know, yeah, alive yeah. acts is important too. Yeah, yeah. So those are those are my six. And then I actually wrote the early influences. So I had Link Ray, Screaming Jay Hawkins, and Clovers. I have to keep reminding myself aren't in the Rock Hall mm-hmm. um, yeah. along those two odd groups. And then Music Excellence, I had uh, Carol K, Faye Cudi, and D. Turk. So I, that's my whole. Yeah, you, you, know, you your whole uh, every category, <laughs> whole for ceremony, sure. and, and that's a good. Perfect, I also, honestly, yeah. perfect. I'm like, if you're listening, just do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we like that. Uh, and then yeah, Nick, especially Carol Kay. Yeah, yeah Carol Carol Kay needs to be a musical excellence yesterday. And then Nick, who who are some of your like kind of personal picks that you would like to see 2022? So for 2022, if I could make the class, I would say Kate Bush, the uh, B52s, 
the mm. Pointer Sisters, Gloria Oof. Estefan and mm-hmm. Miami Sound Machine, I don't care, get them in, sure. uh, Outcast and Judas Priest. Those would be it. my ideal class. What a but- fun class that would be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I want to live in party. Mixed Hall. That just sounds very fun. Everybody okay. do the conga. This yeah. Way, this oh, yeah, get get Rob Halford in a conga line. Come on. You yes. me? <laughs> Those would be my yeah, uh, six for um, the ideal. Now, the more realistic, I think it's going to be Eminem. <laughs> oh, besides Eminem, we'll say mm-hmm. Cher, Duran Duran, Pat Benatar, Soundgarden, and Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. I like it. Interesting, I guess, and we'll we'll see sooner than we normally would, given that the calendar goes pretty fast. But you know, we're going to see the nominees soon. We're going to see the class within six months, which is kind of crazy, but that will happen. This has been a great conversation. This has been really lovely. I'm so glad you guys could join us, and I want to give you guys the opportunity to plug your shit. Troy, let's start with you. We we can read your stuff. Cleveland.com. What else? Your Twitter, what have you? I mean, Troy Smith on Twitter, and then you know, um, we'll have some more episodes of the CLE Rocks podcast via cleveland.com and we start a regular monthly live event at the Music Box Supper Club here in Cleveland. Uh, we'll do live podcast recording. So uh, it'd be cool. You know, our first one is Swingos, the famous naughty sex, drugs, and rock and roll hotel in Cleveland. Oh, cool. Uh, so that'll be the focus of our first podcast. But check us out, CLE Rocks, on every major podcast platform. Excellent. Nick, what do you got? I have the Rock and Retrospect podcast. We take an artist and we discuss their career, their life, and their legacy to popular culture. And in general, that's on all major platforms as well. And I also have the audiovisual repository blog where I talk about mostly the rock hall. Yeah, and, and Nick has a, a very cool project that is ongoing, which is kind of a revised rock hall that I think some of us are active voters in uh, just to, just to, you know, see like, what if we, what if we took a different approach to the rock hall and see what we could get with bigger classes if we started Troy did a similar thing with kind of taking a look at the, uh, maybe we'll do this too. It just seems like that's a thing to do. Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Going through class by class, how you could maybe do it upright. Don't do that to yourself. And then uh, Mark. uh, Don't do it to me. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Mark, what do you got? Well, first of all, uh, let me say, I hope I can write a book on the Rock Hall and public history one day. And when I do, your podcast is going to be the first resource that I I have to tap into because without realizing it, the two of you have created an archive over the years. Nobody's done a better job figuring out how the nominating committee works, what the internal machinations of the Rock Hall are. You've done, aside from the entertainment value of your podcast, there's real historical value in what the two of you have done, and I hope you realize that. Oh, thank you, Mark. That that really means a lot. I appreciate that. It actually is making me feel a little better about my choices. (laughs) And uh, in terms of of what I'm plugging, I have a a podcast as well, but it's not about rock and roll. Uh, It's about unsuccessful presidential candidates. Uh, So we're going to explore American history from the loser's point of view. I guess as an amateur loser, I gravitated towards (laughs) (laughs) losers and losers at a higher and more ambitious scale. Uh, So it's called The Also Rans. You can follow us at Also Ran Pod. We're available on Apple Podcasts and Buzzsprout and uh, Spotify and all that. I also have a book out on George McGovern, for, he, he's before all of our time, but um, he was the Democratic nominee against Nixon. He lost 49 mm-hmm. states. Speaking uh, of Osserans, yeah. yeah. My book is about how he created more or less the modern Christian left, if you like, as a result. Oh, interesting. So uh, it's called My Brother's Keeper, George McGovern, and Progressive Christianity. Interesting. Yeah, that is very interesting. Well, uh, Mark Lemke, 
Nick Bamback, Troy Smith, thank you so much. Uh, our listeners know they can follow us at Rock All Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Rockallpod at gmail.com is the email. If you want Kristen to see your message, you need to designate that somewhere in there. Otherwise, she doesn't want to read it, and I'm not going to forward it to her. <laughs> Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us five stars only. Anything less than five would be cruel, and we don't, we're, we're in an era of niceness. That's I've been right. saying this again and again. <laughs> Everyone knows Just I always say. The climate say, has never been nicer. We're in an era of niceness. <laughs> um, thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusu Kim for the music. Thank you. And congratulations, to- Mike Lloyd, on your new baby ba- girl. Your baby girl. Welcome, absolutely. Thelma. I hope you're hearing this right now. Yes. Uh, a new a new member of the extended <laughs> Rockall family. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you to Yusu Kim for the music. Thank you to Future Rock Legends for being the ultimate resource for stuff like this, especially an episode like this. Thank you to Pantheon Podcast for hosting us. I'm Joe Kozala. I'm Kristen Studdard. And who cares about the Rock Hall? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.